So, Bezrat Hashem, there's a couple Gemaras I want to tie together. So, we've spoken about this Gemara before. It's the Gemara in Sota, towards the end. It says there that every day since the destruction of the base of Mikdash, since the destruction of the Holy Temple in Israel, for thousands of years, every day has been worse than the last. It's just worse. Which is not a very encouraging statement. And Alpi Kabbalah, according to the wisdom of truth, Chachma Shalemes, doesn't make any sense. Why? Because the design of time itself is that it's a constant progression. The moment is designed by Hashem to release a holy spark and to make another improvement in the order of creation. So this makes no sense at all. Should say, every day has never been better. Because there's never been more cumulative collective mitzvot, more cumulative collective repairs than ever before. And we know that's an ironclad rule in spirituality that no good thing is ever lost. So you can't say, oh, things get worse because we just do good acts, but they, we lose them. No, it's not true. Every good thing we've ever done collectively as the Jewish people across the generations has been constantly collectively adding to the goodness and order of creation better and better every day, every minute, every hour for thousands of years. So how can the Gemara and so to say, no, every day is worse than the last. So the Arizal, as elucidated by the Leshem, explains it's true that on the inside of the worlds, in the interior of the worlds, in the spiritual worlds, things have never been better. But on the flip side, in the exterior, outer worlds, not only have things never been worse, but more deeply, Hashem stacked the deck. Hashem set the deck. He designed the moments that on their exterior, they will be worse and worse. We've spoken this out before. But what's Peshat? What does this mean? That there always has to be a balance in creation to restore free will. So, if on the inside of things, if in the spiritual order, in the internal worlds, things are constantly, constantly improving, so Hashem had to set the deck that on the flip side, in the exterior, each day would be designed that by default, it was a more challenging day than the previous one. This is like a mathematical equation. If in the inside, if in the interior spiritual worlds, order is constantly improving, never backsliding, then in order to maintain the equality for the balance of free will, it has to be on the flip side, in our default capacity to receive that ever-increasing bounty, which is always improving, that the default of the day has to be more and more challenging to be able to access that inner goodness. Okay. So we see how, on the one hand, there have never been more mitzvahs performed today than yesterday, than three weeks ago, than 50 years ago, and so forth. But on the other hand, we see that Mostly, people have never been in a lower spiritual state. 
there's this one study that comes to mind. There's a Jewish uh, professor of psychology, etc., philosophy, Jonathan Haidt, who pointed out a couple of years ago that the suicide rate of teenage girls since smartphones came out, basically, and really, he said it was amazing, it really started spiking in 2015 about, 2015, 2016, which is specifically when Facebook invented the like button, which he said created the next revolution in social media where now everything you do online is ranked by thousands of strangers. And so it just opened up the floodgates of cyberbullying and people just being instantly slaughtered emotionally by all these dislikes and whatever. It's, it's interesting, but that's just one, one tiny sliver of an example of how we've never been lower. And the talk of the day is mental health crisis, suicides rising like it's never been worse. You know, some, so you could argue, oh, we're just more aware of mental health problems, but for sure it's not just that. People have never felt more cracked up in their heads because of how we have been, we're confused. Everything's on the screen now, and people have like split lives. And think, imagine that they're interacting with people, and they kind of are, but really they're interacting with the representation of people with screens. So, which leads me to the next Gemara. So the Gemara says, in, 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 I believe in the Darim, Im das kanisa machasarta, im das chasarta maknita. If you have acquired das, which means awareness, deep, deep awareness of Hashem. What's awareness? What's das? Das is that you can feel your mind and you can feel your emotions, and you can feel your physical sensations, but you know that you're you. You know that despite there being trillions of things you can think about, and trillions of different ways you can just focus on your inner world, your outer world, you could feel so extremely divided into parts, yet despite there's so many parts and particles to your experience, and to your body, and to the world around you, you know that you are one, this reality is one, Hashem is one, and everything is one. When we say, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu Echad, Hero Israel, Hashem is our Lord, Hashem is one, that's Das. To know it's all one, despite, and even because of there being so many particulars, just that brings out so much more the infinity of oneness and the oneness of infinity. That's Das. And when we have awareness of Hashem, we have Hashem. A person can want millions and billions of dollars and this and that new car and this and that status and this honor and so forth. But when a person really has awareness of Hashem, he acquires Hashem. He acquires God. It says Hashem is Konishamaivaritz. God owns heaven and earth. But it also says by Avraham that Avraham, Avraham made Hashem acquire heaven and earth. 
What do you mean Hashem didn't own the heaven and the earth before Avraham came? What it means is Avraham, the first Jew, he spread this das. He spread this awareness of Hashem. So it doesn't necessarily only mean he caused Hashem to own, to acquire the heavens and the earth, but really by giving people an awareness of Hashem, he caused people to be able to acquire Hashem through the vehicle of the heavens and the earth. That's, that's really what I think it means. Avraham, by helping people, so to speak, acquire Hashem, because when you have awareness of Hashem, you have Him. And when you have Hashem, whatever this means, but anyone with Das knows this, what do you want, says the Gemara? If you have this awareness, what are you lacking? You have Hashem. Like, everything else is silly and trifling. Okay, you need money and a place to live and comforts, basic necessities, and even more than the basics. To feel calm, to be settled, as it says. Reichen <sighs> pichin. And, and like good wine, good scents, like nice smells, nice, a nice house, a beautiful wife. You know, these things expand the mind in order to have deeper awareness of Hashem. That's what they're for, right? Like a person comes home on Shabbos to his beautiful wife, to his beautiful family, to like nice things, not crazy opulence. Depends on the person. But even just basic things, it creates a settled mind, a yeshiva das, in order to be able to really acquire the goods, which is Hashem Himself, so to speak. If you don't have this awareness, what do you have? <clears throat> a person can have a very large number in his digital bank account, and he can have a lot of possessions, but if his mind is cracked and shattered and all over the place, peas or nefesh. <coughs> what does he have? He doesn't have awareness of Hashem. He's totally stressed out. His mind's in a million places. His, disc, his experiences are disconnected, smashed to smithereens. That's the opposite of Das. It's disconnected consciousness, shattered, scattered, and splintered consciousness. Despite having perhaps so much wealth, without this awareness, which is the ability to use that wealth to, so to speak, catch Hashem and be aware of Hashem, what does this person have? So we can relate that back to that last Gemara in Sota, that things have never been worse. Today is the worst day of, of, that has ever been. But on the other hand, it's the best day that's ever been. It's the worst day that's ever been because we've never had so many distractions with all the technology and social media, et cetera, et cetera. We've never had more opportunities to disconnect from awareness of Hashem. That makes this the worst day that ever has been. On the flip side, if we can cut away all of the extraneous distractions and use and use internet solely for the purpose of communicating with people spreading Torah and sometimes if necessary using it for, for making a living we cut away all the klipa we cut away all the externalities and extraneousness, extraneousness which God forbid tears us away 
from pleasure, which is connecting to Hashem because it's so ultimately, ultimately distracting. And we connect to Hashem again. And then we connect to, oh my gosh, actually, not only am I aware of Hashem and I'm focusing because I'm cutting away all the distractions, but I'm sensing how this is the greatest day that's ever been. This is the greatest day that's ever been because I'm, I'm attaching my mind and my awareness to the inner world. But it's such a beautiful thing because the outer world, the way that Hashem set the deck and made this day the worst day ever is specifically in all the default behaviors that people are engaged in. The default way that people are addicted to their phones and addicted to social media and addicted to the news and there's just endless varieties. There's just rabbit holes inside of rabbit holes inside of rabbit holes of ways to get distracted, anxious, confused, and just involved in just like complete non-reality. But that's just on the mere tiniest garlic shell of experience, just the teeniest tip of the iceberg. By cutting, by, it looks like such a huge thing to let go of. But by simply unplugging from that, I remember talking to a friend of mine a couple years ago, like, were they worried about raising their children in these times? The answer is, no, it's better. Um, all you have to do is take your kids away from the, the public square. The negativity of the public square has been relegated to the little screen. If you just take your kids away from that, you've saved them from all the badness in the world, which is exactly what the third source is. The third source is the Gemar Yoma. It says, Mashiach will only come through tshuva. And there's a disagreement. I forget who's disagreeing, which rabbis are disagreeing. One rabbi insists, no, Hashem will save us either way. One rabbi insists, no, Mashiach, Messiah is not coming until the Jewish people do complete tshuva. So I saw recently in a book my, one of my dear friends gave me, a student of, Ramar, of Rab Morgenstern Shlita says, that he doesn't come to answer the question, but I feel like it's an answer to the question. He says, look at this. The internet is a coalescence of all the sins of all the generations ever. Any bad thing you want to imagine that has ever occurred is now on the internet. Obviously, all the adultery, all the violence, all the theft, all the gossip... All, it's all, not just of today, but all of that energy of thought, of all the negative things that's been building steam that's ever happened is now in one place on the little tiny screen of the smartphone, on the you know 12 inch by 12 inch computer monitor. It's all there. A person has, can, has the free will to go and just get into that internet for however long that person desires and just get caught up in so much gossip and, and, and atheism and weird, weird ways of thinking. It's all, all from all time, from all history, coming into one place. It's incredible. This source also said, every good thing has a negative counterpart. So it says, by Adam Arishon, by the first human being and then on the first day of creation that there's a light, a holy light that's shown from one end of the world to the other and this was revealed to the first person 
So the, he, this source was saying it's it's MS, MS Lamiso, the internet is the is the negative counterpart. Person can get online and see from one end of the world to the other, but in in the fake way. Obviously, 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 there are very holy things the internet is capable of, and I believe when it's and and it also says by Mashiach that he's going to. He's going to contact the world. The Messiah is going to contact the world, and everyone will listen to him at the same time. That's impossible without the internet. You know, I mean, it's not impossible, but we can see how it's very possible with the internet. Fine, so it's very holy. But right now, all the negativity of it is is attaching to it. So the Gemara, so that so when the Gemara says that Mashiach isn't coming without doing tshuva. So the source was saying, Hashem is so kind that he puts all the negative things ever from all prior generations on the internet. And we, this generation, bring Mashiach by simply turning it off. It's so brilliant. Meaning we can fix all the prior generations of all the sins of all the prior lifetimes. We have it so easy to just separate from this internet and all the negative things that can be done on it and to only use it in very sparing ways very very specific precise ways for only holy reasons it's very amazing the way he put it is like they're selling Messiah for cheap right now it's so easy it's such a huge thing it's such an enormous thing and this is the deep reason why Hashem another deep aspect another deep angle to why Hashem designed these days as the worst days that have ever been because it's a, it's a gift. It's a secret gift. Meaning, he put all the bad on the internet and made it so easy to get rid of the bad by just separating from the internet and turning it off. So it's a gift. It's amazing. So... So this is what we have to do. And, and this is really so much negativity. The huge divorce rates and, and just people feeling bad. It's, it's from being so distracted and so, frankly, addicted to the Internet, to, to these distractions. And the last point I want to add here is it's so fascinating. This just also occurred to me. With, with Adam Arishan, with, with the first man, really what it boils down to with the sin of the tree of knowledge of good and evil was essentially Adam got curious. He could sense that there was this whole world of negativity, latent as possible. And Hashem said, don't eat from here, don't look at it. Just busy yourself with all the other beautiful trees. Just like he's saying to us these days, don't, don't, there's nothing for you Online, There's nothing for you in this gambling website. There's nothing for you in this social media. There's nothing for you on this news site. There's nothing for you in the million endless ways you can get distracted on this thing. There's nothing for you here. Eat all the other trees. Okay, call, text a person. Talk to them on the phone. But, you know, if you're going to use the internet and connect to somebody who's in Israel, who's in Australia... Yeah, use the internet, connect to them, but just eat all the beautiful trees. Connect to something spiritual, do something holy, do something pleasant. 
don't go there. Don't. Because, but Adam was curious. And because he looked at it and then engaged in it, it set off a chain of events that we could not escape from the negativity. There were certain points where it was possible to escape. With, with Mo- that, that's one of the deep shatim, by the way, of what's going on in the five books of Moses. If the Torah is the blueprint of creation, why do we, so why shouldn't the Torah keep being written? History is history, after all. This is all part of Hashem's plan. So what the, what the Leshem says is very interesting. Basically, you know, we have Bereshus, we have Genesis, which is the setup of everything, and then we focus on a very tiny sliver of history, like 40 years, which is the Jews leaving Egypt, being in the desert, and not quite getting into Israel. What's Pshat? The, when Moses was around, there's a very specific, interesting thing. When Moshe Rabbeinu, when Moses was alive, this was the 40-year sliver of opportunity to actually bring reality back to the state of the Garden of Eden and bring Messiah. But once, once we failed to complete the mission in those 40 years, and we were not meriting to enter the land of Israel with Moshe Rabbeinu leading us in, because we lost that, and that's when Moses was decreed to die in the desert. It's because we... We missed that opportunity. So therefore, essentially from that point on, it was going to be decreed that we were not going to be able to succeed no matter how high we got. We built the first temple. We built the second temple. We had King David. We had Shlomo Mel, King Solomon. We had very, very, very high points. But because we lost Moshe, there was basically no way we were going to succeed. Even with a huge, huge giant such as Shlomo Melch, who was the wisest man who ever lived, he, he, it, was not, it was not possible that he was going to bring Mashiach. It was impossible. So again, it's a very interesting thing. The, the, the stories, the basic plot of the Chumash, the basic plot is that you had an Adam Arishon who could, you had an Adam in the Garden of Eden who right there at the beginning of time could have fixed everything and he could have been the Messiah already. He failed, even though he, I mean, he was amazing, but he messed up. Then you had the emergence of a Jewish people who were going to do it, kind of try to do it again with Moshe as their leader, who, by the way, represents Das, represents awareness of Hashem. Moses is the idea of Das, this, this complete unification of all experience. And there was a Moses, and he was going to bring everything back, and that didn't work out either. So now we have the rest of history, basically. The Torah is basically saying, since you lost Moses, you're going to have to go through the rest of history. And you're going to have to go through thousands of years. And there's no way to do it until the end. That's basically the plot of the Torah. Again, you had an Adam. He could not fix the entire universe. So then you had this development of the Jewish people in Israel with Moses. They could have finally finished all of history that didn't work out therefore for the rest of time we're going to have to do it until the end but that's why we're focused every year on this one tiny sliver of history you know we, we read we read the book of genesis but then after genesis we're reading four other books of the five books of moses which is focused on a very short period of time how can this be the blueprint of creation it's 40 years plus the book of Genesis. 
The answer is, is because it's telling you that we have to do what we could not get done in 40 years. We're still trying to do, we're still trying to pick up the missing pieces of that basic thing we were trying to do in that 40 years, which is to fix everything. That's why. That's why we read that story over and over. Because it's the seed of the rest of the mission. But when it's so fascinating. Adam, all he had to do was just stay away. All he had to do was just... Leshem even says to the point that really Adam was supposed to do all these different mitzvahs and pray and learn and like plant things and fix things up and eat things and have pleasures and enjoy and fix up the whole universe. All the mitzvahs we're doing, all the things we're doing, all the studying and praying and good deeds and charity, Adam was doing that on a, on a macro level where all of reality was one at the beginning of time and space. But says the Leshem, even if Adam had just sat on his hands and not done anything and Shabbos had come, that would have fixed everything as well. Like, how does that work? What would the point of Adam's actions have been? Not for now. But it's just really dramatic because we come full circle now in this end of time to the same thing. Just as Adam, all he had to do was just not engage in the tree of knowledge. Just don't look. Don't be curious. Don't get involved. Set limits completely. Don't look at it. Don't think about it. Just completely walk away from it. All you have to do is just unplug it. With the tree of knowledge, it's the same thing. We come full circle. That's all we have to do to fix everything. Like we said, all the sins, all the negativity is right there on that little tiny screen. And all we have to do is just walk away. Get rid of it. It's a very simple, easy thing to do. I, but it's hard because now we're so and we're so we're so acculturated to this we're so indoctrinated with this sort of behavior I myself personally I don't I have a smartphone but it's it's set to uh, basically only text and call and have a GPS Bezer Hashem and I have very little distractions because of it I haven't been watching the news for many many years and I'm way happier way happier so It's just really fascinating how it comes full circle. It's as if to say, just like all of this could have been avoided if Adam had just not been curious, so too, we come full circle to the same, same challenge. But now we know better. We finally learn. And so this is explaining how it's not a contradiction that one rabbi says, we don't have to do tshuva, Mashiach will come anyway. Another rabbi says, no, we have to do tshuva on everything to bring Mashiach. But it works out because at this point we understand that of course I want to throw away all these distractions. Of course I want to. I hate this. I want nothing to do with this because I know what awareness of Hashem is. And there's no way we're not going to do tshuva. And the tshuva we do by just turning it off is so powerful that it throws away and cancels all the sins from all prior generations, Pastor Hashem. And just again, it's not to say that the internet is all bad. For sure, I'm posting this podcast on the internet. For sure, we can connect to people across the world. There's something very holy about it. It just happens to be that all the clipos ever 
all the negativity ever right now is latching onto it. So we have to shut all that off, connect to only the good. We have to do a clarification and connect to only the good part. And Bezra Hashem will really, really bring Mashiach in a very easy, easy, simple way, Bezra Hashem.